2: This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion.
3: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to RotoViz Overtime on RotoViz Radio, brought to you by the FFPC. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined yet again by my co host, the co owner of RotoViz, Mr. Sean Siegel. Sean, it's a busy week here as we get ready for the NFL draft. It's a busy week for yourself and all the guys behind the scenes at RotoViz for slightly different reasons, but it's an exciting time as we get ready for the draft. We'll be talking a little bit about the draft today. We'll be talking about the site and some of the new features as well as a number of interesting articles up on the website so sean i guess we'll start off uh, front and center uh, how is things going with the, the site i have to say i'm very impressed with how it looks it looks very sharp uh, very smooth in terms of the features and i think it's it's really really impressive are you happy with how things are moving behind the scenes
1: very happy. the The development team has has done a fantastic job. Dave Cabin and Curtis Patrick and Anthony shook working on some of the uh, technical issues for us, and obviously he and, and Mike Beers are doing the uh, developing the apps. The apps have been fantastic. If you haven't come and check out the uh, the Best Ball suite, you can do so many different things in there. Track your own picks. Look at ADP and see what has been successful historically there are so many features for that the roster construction explorer is amazing so you know get to the site check the the apps out with the relaunch this week a lot of the different features are free so if you've been intrigued but didn't necessarily want to pay this is your window for for certain elements i, w- I would definitely get on there and then we also have Rotoviz study hall and ben gretch reached out and said that was one of his Favorites, obviously, obviously been one of our our longtime writers and not working for us currently, but you know I get things from him from time to time. One of my favorite people out there, you know he's written some fantastic stuff. And a lot of the things we have up in the Rotoviz Study Hall section right now were written by Blair Andrews. He's our managing editor, obviously keeping things going. He's he's put out about fifteen articles in the last day uh, 36 <laughs> with, with the launch we've had a lot of things ready and so you know he was working sun up to sundown to make sure all those were perfect yesterday and and again today and then his own work as an author is is absolutely fantastic he writes the wrong read uh, original research that will help you win your fantasy league if you read the wrong read last year you won your league and so i would encourage you again get in there check out the road of study hall so a lot of different features. I couldn't be. I just couldn't be happier with the trajectory of the site. Uh, some of the new people that we brought on for this year have made a real difference. At the same time, uh, the foundation guys, the guys who wrote in season last year that we moved to lead writer status. Those guys like Dave and Blair. I mean, they really have you know helped us to make this jump. So you know, both sides of the equation there have been. Really big for us these last couple of months, and it's all come to fruition in the last couple of days. The feedback has been great, and so you know we're we're excited for the future.
3: Yeah, it's very exciting time uh, at Rotoviz. and you mentioned as well the listeners will be very familiar with Blair uh, and of course Dave. Dave uh, hosting with Matthew Freeman on the flagship show here at Rotoviz Radio, and Blair as well with Hassan Rahim on the Rotoviz Report. I know they've had a couple of special editions of the show, looking at some dynasty rankings over the last couple of weeks, so uh, they'll be getting back into full swing um you know in, in the next couple of months and you'll, they'll be in your weekly rotation so two great guys uh, i have to admit now you mentioned ben i mentioned the study hall i have to say i really enjoyed going down through it. there's a couple of them you know looking back uh, a couple of years even sean i see uh, the zero rb anti-fragility article pops up there from november the 2nd 2013 so we're going to go walk down memory lane and there, there's just great stuff in there the wrong read as you mentioned uh, so many different things and uh, the road of His 101 section as well i, I find uh, that that fun to lot true so there's just a lot of great stuff and I I do highly recommend to go over Uh, you know it was always phenomenal going over and checking things out but the the new site and the new layout is just uh, very very sweet so I I highly recommend the listeners go out and check that so let's get into some of the articles up on the site and let's get into the second quarter so sean when we look here at the first one we're going to talk about this week uh with the launch of the site there's been a, a little fun thing going on obviously with the nfl draft it ties in perfectly and that is the road of 2019 fantasy football rookie tournament uh, and when you're looking at it we have one for the running backs one for the wide receivers and it's been a lot of fun uh, reading through some of the articles uh, have you have you enjoyed looking through through the tournament so far i think it's a really a really fun idea as we get ready for the draft
1: i have this is one of the the little features we do every year, it's its obviously for fun, but then we put these articles out, we have a ton of advanced stats for every player in every matchup. And so, you know, whether you just want to see who won the matchup, uh, who the writers are voting for, or you actually want to get familiar with the players, you can go either way on there we just finished the first round last articles up moving into the second round now Uh, the closest matchup in round one was devin singletary versus benny snell it did go in a mild upset to the underdog who is snell at this point obviously his adp has been cratering since the disastrous combine colin looking through these matchups uh just quickly give me your favorite first round matchup an upset pick either first round or overall. And then as we go through and and get the last of these out Thursday morning before the draft, who would be your overall champion? (laughs)
3: <laughs> it's it's hard to pick as we uh, see who'll be the overall champion but when you look through some of the the first round uh contest they are pretty close i think they've been they've been matched up pretty well so it's going to be interesting as it goes through there's a couple of players in there that i do like and a couple of players in there that i'm uh not all that uh, you know high on you mentioned snell getting through i think there's a, a potential for him to maybe sneak a few more rounds in. i don't know if he'll get there to be the overall champion uh, status uh, Bryce Love is somebody who I have some interest in uh, he's in there's the 13th seed maybe he'll get a, a little bit of a run but overall the the players here it's it's a fa- fascinating one to to watch them as they roll through but in terms of this draft there is obviously we've talked about the you know the rookies versus the wide receivers I, I'm very much in, and I tend to be in this every year but last year there was a little bit of a, a revert back because of how strong of a running back class it was but I, I think that Moving forward this year, I'm going to be a lot more interested in those rookie wide receivers. So when I when I look through it, it doesn't get me as excited as that the the wide receiver class gets. And we're going to be talking a little bit more about those rookie running backs in a little bit, Sean. But before we get into that, who who is really uh, you know exciting you in this in this actual model? Who who's going to be your your champion at the end of it?
1: Well, the 8-9 the matchup here in the first round was by two smaller backs with big-time production. One of them was so-so at the Combine. The other was Justice Hill, who really put up the best Combine numbers, the only person who jumped out among the top 10 prospects or so. There were a few guys who I think could end up being, you know, third, fourth round picks in your rookie draft you might want to look into. But Hill is really that guy from this top group. So he did sneak out. first round that was an article that i wrote for the site you can check that out if you want i would also pick him as the big upset in round two over josh jacobs definitely not saying that's how the staff picked you'll want to check to see where they went (laughs) i would have hill going all the way through there so he'd be both my upset and my champion in that running back bracket
3: yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch along and it's always good because you mentioned you know how how you would do it and i kind of hinted a little bit of what i would do but when you look at it then from a perspective of what the uh you know what the guys that are writing the articles are going to do it's gonna be fun to see how it all shakes out i mentioned i'm more excited about the wide receiver class and i am i am truly Uh, excited about it. We've touched on it a couple of weeks here on the show, but I I do think there's a potential for, you know, maybe four or five of these guys. And we're going to talk a little bit later in the show about hit rates and how successful some of these draft picks turn into as NFL players and of course in the long term as fantasy players but th- there's quite a few of these um, wide receivers that I'm I'm excited about similarly you mentioned here that uh, the last round uh, which was the first round um you know White side uh, versus Brown was a pretty close one it was won by Brown and, and then the wide receivers, then when we look at it, it's the section that I am I'm most excited about. When we look at it, we have Whiteside versus Brown. And that uh, first round, it was won by Brown. But you, know, you, you have talked to me before the show and said about how it's an interesting margin because of the fact that Brown is rumored to be in the mix as the, the first wide receiver to come off the board. Were you surprised how close that, that matchup was overall based on the kind of expectations of where these two players are going to go in the NFL draft?
1: I wasn't surprised in part because White whiteside looks pretty good in some of our metrics, whereas Marquise Brown, uh, not just small. And we, we certainly know that players can overcome that, especially in certain roles. Uh, he is very small. Uh, but he's also maybe the production within the context of Oklahoma's offense is not... As impressive as it would have been in the context of a different offense. So you kind of have to balance some of those things out. It is interesting in terms of that being the first round matchup. Curtis, when he put this tournament together, seeded the players by ADP, right? And so we have a situation. You mentioned how deep this wide receiver class is. So that was the 8 9 matchup with Arcego Whiteside, actually 8, Brown 9. Obviously, ADP continues to move. We continue to get more information from, uh, draft nicks and uh, theoretically nfl front offices leaking out that kind of thing brown is actually in the mix to go number one right so if you if we're putting the the tournament together here and you have the number nine seed possibly could be the first receiver off the board that doesn't necessarily mean every player in between there is going to be a hit Uh, you know even some of the, the the top First rounders don't end up being hits, but you're definitely looking nine, perhaps ten deep in terms of receivers who not just will eventually make an impact on your dynasty team, but would get some serious rookie opportunity. And so, within that context, yeah, I mean, this is this is a great a great class. If if you have seen your wide receivers on that dynasty team fall down a little bit, you could really reload this year. So with that being said give me an upset pick and a champion on the wide receiver side yeah
3: and the other thing I meant to just mention there we we mentioned I don't know if I, I, I didn't mention it anyway and I don't know if you mentioned it uh, that was Marquise Brown rather than AJ Brown in terms of the, the differentiation we were making there but we did talk about it a little bit Sean on, on last week's show and I, just before I answer the question I, I just want to mention this particular part in terms of where Austin Rotovis and me and you personally have Brown based on where the reports are coming out in terms of where he could end up in this draft is there any of these you know out of that top kind of 10 a wide receiver that you think are expectations maybe for what he's going to do in the NFL versus where the expectation is for him in terms of a draft pick uh, more than Marquise Brown Um, you know I he's in our rankings overall at uh seven in terms of the wide receivers of the rookies but he seems to be obviously in the kind of top two or three in terms of wide receivers uh overall in terms of you know the, the draft community as uh, do you think there is a, a large differentiation between our opinion on marquise brown versus kind of the field
1: well the two guys who really pop out here are people who are liked sort of across the board, but we're probably even higher on them than most of the experts. And so that's looking at Harry, looking at AJ Brown, and they're the one in three seeds. So obviously not underseeded, uh, but within the context of this draft, I think that we feel like they could end up being stars where most of the projections have them as borderline first rounders. And you certainly know that plenty of receivers taken in that range, you know, do struggle With the transition. You know, my upset pick was going to be Brown. Now he's the third seed, so it would only be an upset getting into the semifinals. But when he gets there, if he does get there to face DK Metcalf, uh, you know, he had twice as much production as his teammate there at Old Miss. I really like him as potentially being a value. Hopefully he fits in that range in the NFL draft, sort of, you know, 25 to 32, where he lands on a power team a team that is successful offensively and yet is drafted late enough that that doesn't boost him up to where he's not consistently going, you know, top two or three picks in your rookie drafts. Ideally you'd like to get him pick four, pick five, pick six. You know, maybe once we see some of these running back landing spots, we'll see some of those running backs. We'll see a Jacobs. We'll see a Montgomery, you know, sneak ahead of him, really push him down into the middle of your first round. So you don't have to pay as much. Uh, that being said, you know, not giving away any spoilers, you've got this interesting first round matchup between Paris Campbell and Andy Isabella. The winner of that matchup, I think, has the chance to spring the upset in the second round, if for no other reason than the cost difference to acquire those players. And that's one of the things we're taking into consideration a little bit you know, as we do our votes. Uh, perhaps over DK Metcalf but then again perhaps not because when people see that Metcalf upside you know you would probably have to see something very convincing to lose this potential at a Calvin Johnson now you know again Calvin Johnson was a much better actual football player and so you're probably not giving that up but but it would be hard to do who is your champion here
3: yeah, when, when i look at it you know so far through the tournament there hasn't been a huge amount of upsets uh, at the wide receivers you know it's been pretty much um you know as you would expect through those that the higher end seeds have have made it through. Outside of brown being one of the, the ones that got an upset in there but i think when you look at the second round and i i think we're going to see it probably be one of those uh top three seeds from the start of it in terms of uh akil Hare and then aj brown i, I think that Personally, if it was me writing the articles, I think I would probably have A.J. Brown not being the the wide receiver winner uh, overall of the tournament. But I think it it could come down to the two of those. And uh, looking at the way the bracket's set up, I believe, I'm just going back to look at the bracket, I believe they can't uh, match up until the actual final. So I think I'm going to go ahead and predict the final. And then uh, I think we'll see uh, A.J. Brown maybe pull the upset in the final over the the number one seed in Harry uh, and, and get the job done. Um, that's that's the way as, as we've got closer to the draft i've kind of flip-flopped on both of those guys but over the last kind of two to three weeks brown has uh edged edged into that number one kind of spot for me in terms of these uh, rookie wide receivers I, I just think he has a little bit more um you know to project long term that i think there's a safer a safer floor and a, a pretty pretty equal ceiling as well with the two of them as i mentioned at the start of the show today's edition is brought to you by the ffpc allow me a brief second to tell you about our good friends at the home of season-long high stakes fantasy football if you're a diehard who loves to draft, the FFPC baseball leagues are in full swing for the 2019 season, starting at just thirty-five dollars, all the way up to twelve hundred and fifty dollars. Both slow and live drafts are filling and launching daily, so don't miss out. And if you are a dynasty player, over the last few years, the FFPC has become the go-to destination for serious dynasty players. They now have over three hundred active dynasty leagues, starting at just seventy-seven dollars, and even have a five thousand-dollar entry dynasty league. And the best part is, not a single dynasty. League has folded in nine years. Registrations for brand new startup Dynasty Leagues have opened up and new leagues are forming now. Limited orphan teams are also available at discounted pricing. Don't miss the FFPC experience. Now go to myffpc.com. That is myffpc.com, the home of
2: season long high stakes fantasy football. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from nineteen ninety nine. Polos from sixteen ninety nine. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory.
1: Johnny got a toy golf set when he was three, and from that day on, he was hooked. All he wanted to do was golf, golf, golf. He'd be on the links before school, after school. All he ever wanted was to go pro. And then one day. When he
3: was holding his grandson and thinking about his 12 handicap, Johnny realized it just might not happen for him. But you know what did happen for him? He switched to Geico and saved a bunch of money on car insurance. So that was good, and so was hanging out with his grandson. So, Sean, we're going to look here in the third quarter at a piece that you had on the site uh, over the last couple of days. It is the 2019 Running Back Prospects, and it's four players the box score scout loves and three players it can't stand. So we want to know both so we can avoid the ones it can't stand and then, of course, the ones that we need to be ready for. But it's going to be interesting uh, to hear your thoughts. So looking into it, Sean, uh, which which are those? uh, We'll start off with the three it can't stand and then we'll finish off on the more positive note with the, the the four it loves.
1: Yeah, so this was using the Box Score Scout, which gives you all of your regular raw stats. It also allows you to use the stats, the combine information, uh, projected draft position, and then some of these advanced stats to create sim scores for the running backs. You can see comps. You can see where all of these rookies project in terms of the range of outcomes. What players are they similar to? What kinds of uh, NFL careers have they had? But one of the cool features within that is we can go through and we can pull out some of these advanced stats. And so I was thinking in terms of some of the great articles that we've had in the past, long-time listeners, readers, obviously familiar with Matthew Friedman, host of the, the flagship show, and one of his developments in the old days. And this is something that will show up in the Rotovis study hall but is the workhorse score going through looking at the role that a running back plays in his offense last year Blair Andrews uh, talked about the backfield dominator rating makes even a few more adjustments so you can see what the roles for those players are that one also in the study hall. so what I did with the box score scout was pull out some of the market share measures for these top prospects and so we'll just start with the first sort of interesting one here which was final season rushing yards market share and david montgomery leads the way with an 88 i also contrasted this with some of the recent stars and most of the recent star prospects they were all under this number and that gives you a sense of why montgomery despite All of the red flags, despite not turning all of those attempts necessarily into huge rushing numbers, but his share within the offense, very high above all of the recent top prospects. However, I also included Philip Lindsay's numbers. So people could be reminded about just how big of a college star Lindsay was and how overlooked he was. He actually had a 0.92. So in terms of this year's class versus last year's class, Montgomery and Lindsay were the top couple of guys.
3: When we look, obviously, at Lindsay, too, I know he's from last year's class, but it is pretty crazy to look at how, and I I remember you were one of the first people that pointed me in the direction of Lindsay, probably uh, just shortly after the, the draft last year, but, you know, talking about him in terms of his college production and just how special it was. It still strikes me as unusual that so many teams did, uh, you know, overlook him um, in terms of what what he did then in his rookie year. Obviously, we probably didn't expect him to do what he did in his rookie year. But when you look at, you know, some of the stats here from college, it, it is still quite quite surprising that uh, there was just as little interest in him as there as there actually was.
1: That's completely completely case. And one of the interesting things there too is that so many of these guys from this class, so this class, everyone knows really poor athletes basically across the board justice hill pops out a couple of those late round guys pop out but these players are not nfl athletes they're still interesting because they were such good college players and the next guy we get to was the leader in career total yardage market share and that's benny snell and he finished with 31 percent. so in terms of all of the yards gained by his offense while he was there he leads the way had a pretty good lead on the rest of this class His numbers were more in line with those of the recent stars. And the point of comparison for this statistic is Christian McCaffrey, who had 36% there at Stanford
3: and see see then looking through them when we're looking through the rest of this field you mentioned about the athletic profile and I I don't want to get it to be a downer on this class but when we look at it over the last few years in terms of you know it's a real flip-flop in terms of what we had last year and I know the the college system isn't going to keep producing players in that position you know year on year on year moving forward it's going to be a balance and usually it does flip-flop depending on when players are going to declare and come out of college but it, it is are are you are you as disappointed in terms of what's coming out this year, or am I just being overly harsh on on the class in general?
1: You know, it's it's always fine to to be disappointed. If you need a running back, this is not the class to get it in. And some of the top guys here, I have a lot of personal skepticism for. Uh, you mentioned that we're about to get to the backs that are not liked by the system and. You know, you can go in, I encourage you to play with the box score scout, see what you come up with in the article. I talk about uh, Josh Jacobs and Damian Harris can compare them a little bit with some Alabama backs from the past, who obviously we've seen struggle. I mean, TJ Yeldon was someone who was a much, much better college player and yet uh, is, is really struggling in his NFL career there. They also look very poor compared to Chubb and Michelle and so it's not just this matter of having been in a committee they were simply not that productive as backs within the committee in terms of the things that we're looking for so you know we, we go to the next one and we see the career touchdown market share and we have a third guy here who jumps out another uh, disappointing athlete but Devin Singletary the Florida Atlantic star at 46 percent at and we have benny snell coming in right behind him 45 percent. those two guys blow away the rest of the group and really separate and so it was interesting they match up in the first round of our running back tournament you can see which one of the not nfl athletes uh, but incredible producers got through that position there encourage you to go through, look at all these. You have some guys like Travion who are pretty interesting. You can see where Bryce Love finishes even after that down rookie year. And maybe find a sleeper like Alex Barnes. He's one of those players who didn't have the full NFL career or full college career that some of the other prospects had. And that's always a big red flag. We know how much the career trajectory and the early production really does matter. So when you're talking about guys who slightly more final season type of performance you know that is something that you don't want to overrate at the same time you know he's got the production and the athleticism to really sort of make a move on draft day so he'll be one of the people we're following closely
3: yeah, and just looking through, you know, you, the recent prospects as well that will be in a similar kind of situation. If, if we look back, you know, and compare some of the players who haven't done well over the last uh, draft class, and one of them being Ronald Jones, you know, if you match his numbers up to this class, it's possible that he would be the the highest projected running back in this group. Uh, he definitely would be in those those top few, and we we've seen the struggles that he had last year. So, so some of the things that have me uh, as a positive concern, and um, I did talk. Um, last week with Greg Oman of the off the um, Atlant- uh, Athletic, and we were talking about the running back situation down there. He actually uh, doesn't expect him to, to be able to fight his way to be the starter this year, so looking like a, a, a bus pick um, from the Buccaneers. Um, is there anything else, Sean, just looking at the article that you wanted to highlight based on, on what you've seen from it, or have have we covered uh, most of it?
1: No, let's just put in another little plug for Ronald Jones and, and say that we are still projecting him as <laughs> as the, the breakout back there it's, it's interesting and i'm glad that you mentioned your discussions there with some of the people who cover the buccaneers because there also has been some very positive buzz about jones that has snuck into some recent media reports and it's, it's good to have that balance some of those guys covering the team who are also a little more skeptical
3: yeah it's interesting um you know sometimes around the draft and you know any time of the kind of offseason we he, what he said is you know anyone can kind of look good when they're in you know shorts and t-shirt that, that's the key then when you get into pads and the, the major concern outside of everything last year for Ronald Jones would be that he was inactive on on those opening game days after being you know a second round pick for the team so it'll be interesting to see but it is good to get that insight and you know how how things can shake up but I still think there's a little bit of a possibility that things break the right way for him. And last year was just everything went wrong for him for whatever reason. But you know, if if Sean Siegel thinks that uh, there's still potential there, uh, are you telling us that he is the, the off season bargain?
1: (laughs) He's the guy you're going to want to get him before Bruce Arians unleashes him as, as the weapon uh, on the NFL. He'll be not your David Johnson there. There are only a few David Johnson's out there. Although, almost a full rounds worth of them now in your in your fantasy drafts but ronald jones he, he's he's someone you want to pick up before it's too late
3: yeah i think i i, I wouldn't be uh, spending too much on him, but i think there's value at the moment he's certainly worth a shot in any league as, as we kind of hinted on if you're looking for a running back at the minute and there's obviously you know you mightn't be sold on this class you know you're you're not going to get one of those running backs you know that a rookie second round pick and you could use that or even possibly a third round rookie pick to try and get ronald jones away from an owner in the dynasty league so that's something to to look into. And uh, somebody that you mentioned uh, a few weeks ago on the show up in up in Chicago uh, was the running back situation up there with Mike Davis and uh, Ryan Pace talking to rumors floating around he said there's no pressing need for them to draft a running back so uh, that bodes well for the optimism you had with Mike Davis a couple of weeks back on the show and you mentioned T.Y. Eldon there i seen that he signed as well with the with the Buffalo Bills so quite a load of back room up there uh, or clogged up maybe we'll call it rather than loaded with frank or shady mccoy and then now tj yeldon so yeldon's always been somebody i liked, but uh, (laughs) unless something changes there it's gonna be hard for him to have uh, a lot of success with with as many mice to feed in buffalo but uh, let's get into the fourth quarter sean as we get closer to the end here So this one was one I was uh, happy to see uh, Jacob Rickroad had a piece up on the site. He's had a kind of a series over the last couple of weeks, uh, or over the last week or so, looking at the dynasty hit rates. And the the piece I've taken up is on the 2012 class. He has done uh, from 2011 forward, so it's it's well worth a shot because we we talk about these prospects, and I know I've been a little bit down <laughs> on this running back class, uh, particularly this week, but over the last couple of weeks. But we talk about these players and how much they're going to hit. We look back at last year's class. You know, if you look at the two biggest hits of last. Last year's class, we have the number one overall pick uh, in dynasty, which was see Corn Barkley, and then we have Philip Lindsay as well. But if you look at like players who we would have thought were hits even maybe two years ago, and somebody like a Leonard Fournette, obviously things are dropping off a little bit for him. Uh, Ronald Jones, Darius geis all very highly touted players coming out last year. Obviously injuries to geis uh, was the reason for his. Dalvin Cooks had an injury, so it's getting that balance. We always think these players and we talk them up are going to be hits, and they're all going to be stars. But it's real, Being realistic, it's unlikely that's going to happen in terms of the hit rates, in terms of how these players, uh, you know, develop. But in 2012, when we look back, six rookies finished the top twelve. Uh, and their position in the future looked very bright and we see players who had good rookie years last year and some of them who disappointed but it pretty much uh, fell off a cliff uh, very quickly as, as Jacob says Trent Richardson was one of those players he was currently playing in the AA- AAF but then obviously it's closed down uh, so Trent is currently uh, not playing now we have Robert Griffin who's a backup quarterback Kirk Cousins was Robert Griffin's backup quarterback at that time now he's a starting quarterback in Minnesota two of the star running backs at that stage were uh, Doug Martin and then obviously Alfred Morris came from a little bit less known uh, in terms of when he came into the league but you know he has slowed down quite considerably over the last couple of years so not all the draft classes are created equal and when you look back it's the same each and every year that sometimes we overreact to a performance and sometimes we overreact to a disappointment just kind of like we had there on on Jones and see how he uh, pans out over the next uh, couple of seasons but it's interesting when you look at it based on how that all shook out in terms of uh, where people were picking them and both uh, the startups and then and in, 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 you know future years and those startups what stood out for you in terms of was it position related that stood out Sean or was it based on uh, how quickly some of these players uh, fell off a cliff
1: Yeah, and you mentioned that we have the 2012 that we're looking here. Uh, Jacob has done a really cool article has 2010 to 2014 up on the site right now. It's fun to go back to 2012 because with the classes that we're a little bit more familiar with, I think that familiarity can obscure Uh, Some of the things that are going on and we don't have the distance to really look back and say, well, you know, this didn't happen the way that we thought it would. When you're when you're up close, you're still saying, oh, Ronald Jones is going to be the breakout player as opposed to, you know, Ronald Jones did not score any points last season and his career is in trouble. When we, when we look back, we see the 105 in that draft, Justin Blackman, 106, David Wilson, 107, Michael Floyd, 108, Kobe Fleener, 109, Kendall Wright, 110, Ronnie Hillman, 111, Isaiah Peed. So you're looking at this stretch there where, where those picks were worthless all the way around. The other thing though, that I think is is really interesting and it fits uh, again with you know one of the amazing articles that Blair has done is that we see, these top guys are performing early right you mentioned that we had a number of guys including each of the top four picks finished in the top 12 at their position as rookies and then a guy like trent richardson falls away a guy like doug martin falls away meanwhile you have some people drafted a little bit later on ty hilton was the 402 in that draft obviously has gone on to a stronger career one of the things that Jacob talks a lot about is that you want to be careful about investing too heavily in these rookies because the production and the hit rates are not what you might guess, right? That you're going to run into some real trouble with the long-term hit rates on these players. Whereas pointed out that that rookie production tends to be better than we think And then these players often take a big jump in their second year. Now, that's something that we did see from the guys who went on to be stars, you know, something we saw from Hilton as he moved forward. But for the most part, the production falls off, right? So you have this window early on where. Players are getting forced into these roles because they were drafted early. They got that opportunity. Everyone feels like opportunity dictates fantasy success and gives you a sense of how good a player is. But there's a big difference between the opportunity that you get when you're an early pick and the opportunity you get as a later pick. And so one of the things that you want to be careful about when you're investing in some of these players is not to just assume that they are then going to go on and become stars and that their numbers are going to continue to rise because after that second season, we see every year after that, that the player numbers decline. Now, some of that is because of injuries. Some of that is because simply players are no longer being forced into getting the opportunity that they didn't deserve. You know, you have someone like a a Michael Floyd, for example, who, did produce a little bit early on but never emerged and as his career has developed you know there's no longer that incentive for teams to force him into target numbers that that he doesn't deserve based on his combination of skill and talent and so you know those are two different ways to look at it but both important things to take away from this kind of study
3: yeah and when we look at it you know in terms of wide receivers and we're looking at this wide receiver class. Like, if you look at this class you know players that really never developed into anything justin blackman was for more off the field issues but you look at michael floyd you look at kendall wright you look at uh brian quicks and this, stephen hills in this reuben randall somebody who people held on to for long long times uh all the way down through it and you look at the list and you know the interesting thing is there's 30 names that, in this list some of those are the later round picks that we've Uh, you've hinted on on you know T.Y. Hilton Marvin Jones Kirk Cousins but there's 15 of those 30 who have never had a top 24 season in the NFL and when you look through it then there's only like most of the players in here I'm just going to count it there's one two three players out of that 30 that have ever started with three years in a row that they were in the top 24 so it can fall apart very quick two of those were quarterbacks Andrew Luck and Russell Wilson uh, the other one was Alfred Morris so it is a case where the, the the hope and the hype can be massive coming in but it doesn't always then pan, uh, pan out in the way that the, you know it turns into a fantasy asset so it's always to have that uh, kind of little bit of uh, tempered expectation and when you, you mentioned that as well you know not heavily investing too much in some of these guys so sometimes when you're in the first round you might be in four or five dynasty leagues you might have the fifth or sixth pick and all those leagues and you pick the same person now obviously that could be a, a massive windfall for you if it turns out to be somebody who can be an elite uh, you know fantasy asset but the realistic expectation is you know once you kind of Go go through those picks and the hit rate. It pretty it pretty much is less than fifty percent on those first round picks. And then when you head on down, once you really get past that kind of one oh five, I think is where I start to think it's really almost dart throws at that point. Do you see if you were looking at those uh, picks in terms of rookies? Do you think those first five or where you can have confidence after that? It really does become a kind of a a, a a bit of luck at that point.
1: It's going to depend on the draft, and it's also going to depend on both the depth of the draft and the order that the players are selected you know how efficient that is one of the things that we go through and look at every year is the players who are productive in college translate much better to the NFL so if you have some of these guys and you know someone like a Josh Jacobs a DK Metcalf you know there are a couple of the top prospects this year who have some big production red flags now that doesn't mean that they won't be good players it doesn't even mean that they won't be stars that possibility still exists but when i'm looking through these rookie drafts i want to be selecting people who have all of the the boxes checked because that just gives you a a lot more to fall back on so you want them to be good athletes you want them to have been big producers in college you want them to be drafted in the range where they're going to get early opportunity into a team that score some points you know you don't want to have them stuck on a jeff fisher team or, or something that effect. i think if you do find those players then you can draft them at whatever their adp is and we do find that those guys will slide from time to time now you're not going to find a ton of guys in the second round a ton of guys in the third round but those individuals out there do exist and you know we mentioned matthew friedman earlier on the show uh he was raving about TY Hilton that entire draft process. So, you know, it, it's not like no one knows about a TY Hilton just because he goes in the 4th round. You know, there were reasons to draft Hilton and and people were targeting him. So, you can hit and I would recommend drafting the rookies. One of the things that I like to do, which I think threads the needle between some of the different types of approaches and Brian Malone has talked a lot about this, which is that, you know, rookies depending on when you trade for them are basically free. In terms of their production because of the way you can turn them over so you pick up those picks you make the selections you trade them after the first year one of the things that can be hard to do is that if you have someone like a Ronald Jones for example or a Royce Freeman where there is some real bounce back potential it can be hard to go ahead and give them up as opposed to draft them on the other side of the equation, if you have a Trent Richardson or a Doug Martin, they're coming off of this big rookie season, it can be difficult to trade them. Because in each situation, you're worried that you're going to miss out on a Le'Veon Bell from the wide receiver side. Maybe you got a great value on DeAndre Hopkins. You're worried about missing out on DeAndre Hopkins' career. And those are both guys I've traded in Dynasty Leagues You know, after their second season. And certainly in those specific cases, wish I had those trades back because it's very difficult to get quite the value that they ended up representing. On the other hand, all of the other trades that were similar end up to be surplus, right? So as long as you're making a lot of trades, as long as you're acquiring a lot of young players, those young players are then very tradable. And so you just want to be aware and not get too stuck to that original Evaluation to where you won't continue to make the subsequent move that you have to make to keep your dynasty team successful long term.
3: And Sean, the last topic up on today's show now is a piece that Tyler Lochner, who has joined the, the writing team recently, um, has done looking at you know the Patriots uh, minus Rob Gronkowski. Uh, looking at the Patriots, it, it, it has been something that's been kind of publicized over the last couple of years uh, when Gronk's been injured that pretty much uh, year on year when he has been in the team, the team has been a lot more efficient in terms of points per game scoring at 3.87 more points per game. Uh, and then obviously uh, that helps with the the points per drive as well Uh, he has helped in terms of tom brady's fantasy production Uh, brady averages 25.22 fantasy points per game with him in the lineup without him in the lineup it drops down to 21.41 and there can be a little bit of a split in terms of some of those are dropped quite considerably less than that Uh, and mainly yards touchdowns pretty much every statistic across the board for brady is better with gronkowski in the lineup uh you know I think that having no Gronk is going to be interesting to see how the Patriots do. Do you think it's a case where the, the Patriots are going to have to almost rethink the offense entirely uh, heading into it? Or do you think it's just that, you know, with what the players they've taken in and Safarian Jenkins, uh, that they're just going to try and try and go with a kind of a Perman Gronk strategy moving forward?
1: this will be one of the best storylines to follow this season because i that's a very interesting question we saw the patriots struggle to put teams away this year not have the kind of dominant season that we're used to seeing them have and then suddenly gronkowski even in a couple of the games that he didn't have huge numbers himself he has this big resurgence in the playoffs becomes a bigger part of the offense teams have to either account for him or he simply gets those yards himself and playoff patriots were completely different than regular season patriots my concern for 2019 was that we'll see regular season patriots for a full season Uh, it's very exciting to have tyler lochner join the writing team he did a great job with this article you can use the game splits app to really go into some detail and look at just how much Gronkowski affects the offense. And, you know, like you pointed out, they don't score as many points total. They don't score as many points per drive. Tom Brady goes from being the number seven quarterback over this long time period since 2010 to being just a guy. And so certainly if you're looking at investing in Brady and you've got his 40-year-old maybe nearing the end, the fact that more during his prime, he was just a guy. Without Gronk, uh, you know that's got to be a red flag for you. Not just in terms of what it means for him, but what it means for some of those other players. And so uh, Tyler was investigating these other guys. He also points out how this will impact some of the people who are real keys now because of the devaluation of the quarterback position brady probably not the concern for most people julian edelman sony michelle those guys are going to be the key picks now edelman has actually benefited when gronk is absent more targets more receptions more yards more fantasy points per game the one area he drops is in scoring touchdowns because again without gronk you don't get down into the red zone as often the other big element michelle from weeks one through ten 38 percent of new England's rushing attempts Week 11 through the Super Bowl, market share jumps to 55%. Tyler points out how during this home stretch, he handled 60% of New England's rushing attempts from inside the 10 and then matches that up with the fact that Gronk, throughout his run, tended to account for 20-25% to of those high-value targets. This last year, only 6%. And so now you have this vacuum inside the 10 yard line and so you know we have to decide if michelle being potentially a 20 touchdown guy versus maybe the patriots simply won't get down there very often and really balance those two parts of the equation for me right now neither player is a target but i could certainly see how an individual drafts they're going to fall to positions where you would have to definitely consider them Within that context, within this question of Patriots 2019, can they score? If they're not just, I don't think they're going to be an average team, right? They're still going to be an above average team. But if they are not a juggernaut, can you load up on their guys when you know that you have this running back rotation, when you know that Edelman has had some injury issues, they're going to bring some guys in to try and take away a little bit of the emphasis that falls on on his shoulders
3: yeah I, I think when you look at it based on you know what we're talking about less less points per game less points per drive obviously likely to be less efficient and you mentioned tom brady being 40 years old he's actually gonna be 42 years old in august so i, I know we think that brady's gonna be able to play like this forever but at some point there's likely to be you know a, a point where it could potentially fall off and, and i think that you know i would be very positive in terms of michelle i thought he was very strong down the stretch as you mentioned there with those those numbers but my my concern is that i think a lot of that running game was based on how good of a run blocker robin kowski is a lot of those runs ran to his side a lot of what he did opened up plays for the running backs and particularly michelle uh, and i think there's a, a concern there for me in terms of that because there, there's no way and uh, any landscape that uh Austin, safarian jenkins is as good a blocker as Robert Gorkowski. So I just don't think that's going to happen. So that's my major concern for Michelle. Then you factor in... Obviously, the, the committee that's there. I don't think we're just going to see James White disappear out of the game plan. I think Rex Barquette, while he was injured for a lot of last season, may still factor in there. Edelman is interesting because I think they're going to have to use him across the middle of the field. He's going to get more targets, but I'm just a little bit concerned, you know, in terms of if their overall numbers drop down, um, where that leaves Julian Edelman in terms of what he's going to do in the season. So at the moment, the, the Patriots are one of those offenses that I'm kind of staying away from i just don't have a a very very confident outlook in any of the players you know being able to have that weekly fantasy value on a consistent basis if i had to pick one of the two i think i would be going for edelman based on the track record and based on what we have seen him be able to do particularly in ppr leagues when i look at michelle i don't know if you had thought about that previously but gronk's absence is a major uh, concern for me in terms of what michelle does Uh, i think they you know, they may have to rethink the offense a little bit. They may have to take an extra offensive lineman in there to try and block for the run game. And, you know, what Gronk did in the playoffs in particular to open up that passing game and the run game based on what he can do. I don't think he can do that with just one player. I think they're going to have to do that with a combination of Jenkins for the pass game and then have somebody in for the run game in terms of an offensive lineman. I think that might be able to telegraph the plays that are probably going to come in from the perspective uh, off the defensive side of the the, the opposition. So, I, I think there could be a low scoring year this year. I do expect the Patriots to still win that division, but I think it could be a little bit more of a a, a lower scoring um, team this year. Um, is that kind of what you expect to happen?
1: Yeah. So, if we have the the regular season team from this past season, uh, I the players are not targets for me in fantasy but you know certainly we're going to be looking to grab them up when they fall a round or two below adp because fantasy owners are generally valuing them i think appropriately and so in terms of building my teams always looking for those guys who really are one or two rounds below where they should be going the patriots are not going to fall into that but We'll definitely keep them on our radar, and you know, uh, you know, another great reason today to scoot over to the site uh, and keep it in mind in the future. Tyler going to be producing some some great content for us, and you won't want to miss that
3: yeah definitely good to have him aboard the team uh, just before we wrap up i just want to remind the listeners as always they can get a 30 percent discount to a his nfl pass right now that is available through the nfl podcast homepage, which is rotavis.com forward slash podcast the draft is here uh, you may also be listening to this the draft may already have happened or we may just be true round one it is a fantastic time as uh, sean has mentioned to get over and to check out the content check out the tools do not miss out as we get ready for the 2019 season once again that is rotavis.com dot com forward slash podcast and really truly, that is going to do it for today's edition of the show. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes. If you do, uh, you can give us a rating over there. Listen uh, and subscribe on whichever your preferred app is. Uh, we'll be here bringing you shows, both ourselves here on Road to Biz Overtime and throughout the network. A lot of great content going up over the last in a couple of weeks, and that'll continue to ramp up now as we head towards the NFL season. So as always, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is Sean Siegel, who you can follow at FF underscore contrarian. Until we're back with another one, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rodoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rodavis Radio Podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. Contact us via email at rotivizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Road of radio And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rhodeviz at a 30% discount through the Rodaviz Radio homepage, roteviz.com forward slash
2: podcast.
1: Get really into your favorite shows and movies all in one place with Flex, a 4K streaming box you get free with Xfinity Internet and get Peacock Premium at no additional cost. Learn more at Xfinity.com
0: Flex. Restrictions apply requires postpaid Xfinity Internet, excluding Internet essentials, one device included.